Sometimes as a parent, it feels like keeping up with culture is a never-ending marathon, always running. We just get one thing kind of sort of figured out and a new one pops up and we're like, what is that all about? Hey everyone, Adam Holtz here, your host of The Plugged In Show, Focus on the Family's weekly conversation about entertainment, pop culture, and technology. Thanks so much for joining us today. Well, social media changes and trends are definitely one of those places it can feel like we are barely keeping up. And just when we got Instagram sort of figured out, Snapchat showed up, and then TikTok, and it's just, it seems like it's constant. And now with this national security leak recently in the news over the last month or so, we've been hearing about another platform that may be new to many parents, but may also be one that your kids are already familiar with, especially if they're gamers. It's called Discord, and today on the show we'll be looking at that one, as well as another game-oriented social media outlet called Twitch. And in our second segment, I am Groot! Yeah, that's right. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 zooms back into theaters this week. And frankly, I've always wanted to talk like a tree character superhero. So who hasn't? Thanks so much for (laughs) indulging me on that. And I'll be joined by Paul AC to talk about what parents need to know about the latest iteration of that MCU fan favorite franchise. Well, I'm joined in our first segment today by Bob Hoos, Kennedy Unthank, and Jonathan McKee. Hey, guys. Hello, Hello Adam. Hey, hey. All right. So here's your warm-up question. Mm-hmm. What is one of the first viral videos you can remember seeing online? Mm-hmm. Are there any that stand out as you rewind the proverbial tape? Of course, there's a whole generation of people who don't even know what rewinding the tape yeah, means. What, but, what is a tape? You know, it's still in our lexicon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, awesome. I'll jump in. Okay. Because uh, mine's one of the older ones the one that comes to mind with for me was back in the 90s uh-huh. so some people never even some people seen weren't the born 90s. yet yeah i know okay. um were you in the 90s kennedy i uh, just for two years okay uh, all right, it, all right. Well, it was it. it was the dancing baby do you remember the oh, dancing yeah baby? that was like one of the very first things yeah yeah and it was just one of those weird things in fact i think it was before youtube yeah, it was it was before youtube yeah but it was one of those things in the early stages of the internet where people were going, oh, look, there's a baby dancing. Look what we can do. I know. <laughs> and we all watched it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah. Because the baby had some moves. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Along with the tune that everybody recognized. Uh, what was that? Um, da, 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 hooked da, on a Feeling. Oh, yeah. Hooked on a Feeling. Hooked on a Feeling. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and later with, made even more famous by Guardians of the Galaxy. That's right. That's right. How Speaking apropos. of Guardians. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Nice tie-in. That's it. That's Jonathan, it. what about you? Um, yeah, mine was a little later than the 90s. It was uh, viral videos really hit me kind of when my kids were all, you know, wanting to be on screens and all this. So like the early 2000s, I remember Charlie the Unicorn. Do you remember Charlie yeah, the Unicorn? I, I do. Charlie. You know? I do. Yeah. It, I do. It, <laughs> it's, it's a bridge, Charlie. It's, you know, uh, it, it's a lower player or whatever. I, I, yeah, it's just, I, it, back then, I mean, we're talking, oh gosh, was that 15 years ago? I mean, it was a long time ago. Yeah. But it, Charlie the Unicorn was just over and over and over again in my house. So, uh, and I heard kids talking about it all the time. We joked with kids about it. And you, you make a Charlie the Unicorn joke you were as current as as ever right you were you got your hip dad credentials you know, got your so, past stamp. so right. 2008 so 2008 so. all right kennedy what about you yeah i want to say the first one i saw was keyboard cat oh I oh like definitely it. Yeah. i don't remember oh. it but i like it 
It's uh, I mean, just controlling this little cat, and it's It's either that or Double Rainbow. Oh yeah, Double Rainbow. Well, mine is from I believe 1999, and it was called Alien Song, and it was CGI sort of animation that was it looked really good at the time and now it looks totally oh, yeah. you know completely dated <laughs> yeah and it was this one-eyed dancing female alien did you see this one bob yes i have um and she's singing gloria gainer, gloria right? gainer song gloria gainer, i will survive yeah, yeah. and okay <laughs> this is one that i have to issue a spoiler warning spoiler alert um it's really fun to watch her and she she moves her neck and her head in this really fun way and she's singing the song she said the first time she says i will survive this giant disco ball flies out of nowhere and crushes her and the song ends and so i mean the first time i saw it i probably laughed for half an hour because i have a really low threshold, threshold. For, for humor <laughs> uh, but uh, i remember we shared that all around and, and like you know your story bob it it predated YouTube. Yeah, I mean, it sounds yeah. like we're talking about the Precambrian period. That's right. <laughs> well, see, I was I thought yeah. I, I was sure that you were going to call out Star Wars Kid. Do you remember that one? Vaguely, you don't remember Star Wars Kid? You know, you know, this sort of this teen guy who is is doing an imitation Star Wars fight with a with a makeshift yeah. lightsaber. And uh, and it was really funny, and everybody laughed. And it messed up that kid's well, life. That's I, right. I kind of felt sorry for him. I will yeah, exercise yeah. my uh, host um, discretion here and add one more story. Once I had kids, then, like Jonathan was saying, you know, the videos came in fast and furious. But yeah. I think the one that we have watched probably the most is on bad lip reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Seagull's Watch It Now, which is uh, it. Yoda is in it, uh, and it's you know kind of comes from Empire Strikes Back and. It's just so well done musically, lyrically, everything about it is hysterical. And so I think that that's the benefit of these fun videos. We often talk when we talk about social media, about the perils, right? Yes. And and we're going to talk some today, potentially about some of the things parents need to be aware of and or concerned with, with Discord and Twitch. But I also think that in relatively small doses, having something that you can watch and laugh at and share with your kids so you have that kind of shared experience, that's a really good thing. I agree. Um, and I also think that one of the temptations, and I'm now editorializing on something that's not even our main topic for the day, but one of the temptations is, you know, one video can turn into like 50, and before you know it, you've spent two hours doing it. Oh, and, yeah. And you never get done <laughs> watching two hours and funny videos and say, man, that was time well spent, right? <laughs> uh, right. So it, this is one of those things that I think everything in moderation is probably an old axiom that applies to. So with that, let's transition into our main conversation today. And we're going to talk about Discord and Twitch. And we often at Plugged In will have sort of deep dive philosophical or theological conversations about various things that are happening in pop culture. And we also like to balance that with just sort of concrete nuts and bolts conversations like this one. Here's what's out there. We're going to tell you what these things are and why they're important and what you need to know about them. So with that, let's just sort of dive in. Let's start with Discord. What is Discord? Because obviously Discord sounds like something I wouldn't necessarily want my kids engaging in. Discord in general feels like a bad thing. But uh, what is this platform? Yeah, so Discord's been out for at least half a decade now. Um, Essentially, it's a communication software. If you've used anything like Slack or Microsoft Teams, you'll probably know about 90% of how it works. Okay. But in essence, it's got 
two main functions, that of a text chat, where you can just type whatever you want, send videos and photos, and it's got a voice chat where all of you can uh, speak uh, live to one another. Okay. And and they usually use it while playing video games together, right? Yes, it, it's really popular for people who play video games. Right. So... I know that that's been my familiarity with it. I actually got on Discord a couple of years ago, and, and my son is on it. And when we describe it that way, it sounds pretty problem-free. Like, there's nothing in the way that you sort of summarized it just now, Kennedy, that makes me think, oh, man, that could be problematic. But let's let's dig a little bit deeper. Uh, what are some of the things parents need to be aware of with regard to maybe how discord could be used maybe in ways that you know you're not crazy about as a parent well it's funny how these things change because when it first became i think a thing uh i think parents were you know unaware of it they didn't realize it existed and i think one of the big things that i kept hearing and at, at my parent workshops is you know parents would come up and be like hey what's this thing discord that my kids are using to sneak around uh, behind the parental controls I set up under gaming. And uh, so, so the, the, the short was that, you know, some parents who were trying to be really responsible and they were putting the settings on, you know, their game systems or on certain games to where, hey, I don't want my 11-year-old son chatting with a bunch of strangers right. or right. vulnerable to this these discussions that go on during game not just because of predators but because you got your 11 year old playing with a bunch of 20 year olds and the language and the conversation and stuff sometimes yeah. just is a little bit it's like you're hanging out in a locker you know a college locker room or whatever you know and, and you know parental controls are set and everything's supposed to be fine well they quickly discovered that hey you could simultaneously have discord on and be doing all your chatting and discording thus not needing you know, bypassing right. the controls. So that was kind of the biggest thing I was hearing for a long time. It was interesting how that emerged to where people started using it in all kinds of different arenas. And again, very often there was this, hey, this is under the radar. Mom and dad don't necessarily know we're using this or involved in these discussions. That's kind of the way it's been. And, and it, it kind of slowly, you know, morphs into new things all the time. Well, and let me circle back and say my son and I started using it when we were playing Pokemon Go. Like there was a local Pokemon Go group. Mm -hmm. And so you would get on Discord to find out, you know, if they were meeting somewhere to play. Uh, and, I, you know, I was always involved in that. But that's another potential concern. You know, yeah. if you're using it as a way to actually meet up with people in real life, that's something that you certainly want to be aware of. And then when we got to COVID, um, you know, my son was mostly communicating online with his friends and he used it exactly the way you described it. So they would, they played a lot of Fortnite. And so you'd have Fortnite on one screen and they would be playing as a team. And then he would have, you know, on the second screen, he would have video of all of the guys that were playing uh, and they would either be talking or chatting. Usually, you know, they've all got their headsets on. It's not even chat. They're just having a conversation. And so it became this sort of, as you described it, Jonathan, a parallel communication medium while gaming. And let me uh, qualify this as well by saying that it's all kind of dependent on you joining a public server. Is that there are essentially two types of servers within Discord. There's yep. public and there's private. And the majority of people, but when they hop on Discord, a lot of them don't even go to these public servers. Right. They're not required. Uh, you don't even have to look them up. 
It's just a, a small button off to the side where it says, hey, you can search for a public server if you want. Uh, a lot of people, like myself, um, they just use it for private servers. Yeah, where, well, describe that. Yeah, what is, what does say that what, how, yeah talk about how those are different. Yeah, so in a public server, anyone can join. Right. Uh, there will, a lot of times, if it's a lot more popular, there's going to be like a moderation team that might have some rules that say like, well, you can't swear or you can't. Uh, talk about this kind of topic in here, but yeah. just be civil. We'll kick you out if you're not. Um, but it doesn't stop a lot of stuff from happening. Uh, with private servers, you have to get a server link before you can join. Uh, sometimes uh, the admin of each private server will limit who can even send out that link. So it's not like I yeah. invite someone who may or may not be the most credible person, and then they invite 20 people who are definitely not the most credible people. Um, if I wanted to, it could just be me sending out the invites. Right. So, so it's like a private room. Yeah, essentially it's a private room. And so if you're worried about meeting strangers, you can limit it so that you only ever get to talk to your friends. Right. Well, and as I think about the private thing, that one kind of cuts both ways. Like I think exactly. there's an upside, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I also think, you know, if kids have any impulse to do not good things, having a private server they might have a you know an idea that somehow this is more safe or that there's more security, um, and so I think that it it's important to recognize the distinction between the public servers and the private servers. I think it potentially solves some problems and it potentially yeah. leaves the door open to a lot of the things that that we've still talked about that are concerns, and namely who you're interacting with online. And if you're interacting with a bunch of friends from school whom you know. Um, theoretically, that's less problematic than, you know, people coming into a server that you don't really know who they are, but it doesn't automatically mean you can't get into trouble, right? Jonathan, you were going to comment on that, I think. Yeah, no, no, it's just that, you know, a private room, of course, is void of a lot of those controls. And it's just kind of like when, you know, a bunch of kids are hanging out in a room with no parents around, you know, that that's sometimes what it ends up being. But again, it really depends on the situation. In your situation, you and your son were using it together. And that's the way a lot of gaming situations can be. It can be a positive thing. It's just something that parents need to be aware of. And for a lot of young people, it was kind of a way to bypass controls. That's not always the case. But I think that's probably the thrust of what I saw at the beginning. And one other thing that I want to add, in the last year or so, I have seen a number of things that have suggested that Discord is wanting to evolve, not necessarily away from its core gamer base, but to include things that are not necessarily gaming related. Like it seems like they as a platform have aspirations to be a more general kind of social media app in the same way that when musically started and that turned into TikTok, it was very, very, very focused on music videos. And now of course we know it's so much broader than that. And so I think even if your kids aren't gamers or aren't looking for a way to communicate with their friends who are gaming, there's a chance that discord could be something that, that they're interested in, in the same way they're interested in, you know, Snapchat or Instagram or TikTok. And yeah. Twitch is like that too. Well, and that's a good segue. So let's talk about Twitch. Which is a site that um, started as a site where you could watch someone live stream their video game play. Okay. You know, and that was primarily what you did when you went to Twitch. These days, though, it's sort of expanded to almost a, another YouTube yeah. in the sense that uh, 
This one, though, has sort of a vicarious perspective where you're, instead of just watching videos, you're watching people live stream events, things that they're doing, and you're sort of looking over their shoulder and watching them do it. So you can experience that. You can experience a game, for example. One, one That main section is gaming, but they've got other little divisions or additions that have been added to the site. Uh, so you've got uh, eSports. Okay. You, you, can, you can go watch uh, people compete, uh, video game competitions. You've got music. You've got a music section where you can watch people um, um, play their instruments. Uh, sometimes you'll have live concerts. You've got uh, a creative section on Twitch, too. And that is a, more of a broader element. You, you, anything that you believe you have some sort of skill set for, where you can draw or paint or craft, uh, crochet. <laughs> In fact, they even have people who... Who, uh, I love crocheting online. That's personal. right. My <laughs> they, have pe- they have people preparing meals, uh, and you watch them prepare the meal, and then you watch them sit down and eat it. I don't know why you need that, but but well, let's know. talk about that. I think that the watching other people doing stuff is fascinating to me psychologically. Yeah. Like, yeah. what's the draw here? And there may be parents out there who've never seen their kids watch videos like that or seen them themselves. But what's going on when we watch other people do? really mundane things or things that we might not think are that interesting, like playing a video game. I think that certain people are going to say, why would I want to watch somebody exactly. playing a video game? Exactly. Right? Talk and, about that. But I think there are certain people that actually enjoy it. They enjoy someone working their way through a video game, working their way through the intricate, difficult parts of a video game while giving them commentary. And so in a way, they can almost be practicing what they're going so to do next. So there's a tutorial next. element to exactly, it. Exactly, okay. exactly. And, and that same way with, with like this creative element, uh, you it may seem like it's really mundane, but if you're watching somebody prepare a meal and you're not a very good cook, you can walk away actually with some pointers that you say, oh, well, I could do that. Or, or even withdrawing, because the creative element of that uh, one section, uh, you, you, you can watch an artist who's pretty good and watch how they shape something or how they construct a picture and step away with some good ideas, something that you can use in your own uh, work. And I think with that, uh, one of the biggest draws to Twitch that I've personally seen is it, whether intentionally or not, kind of fosters a parasocial relationship. Okay, between... say, say what that is. <laughs> yeah. Because so that may be a new term to people. A parasocial relationship is essentially a one-way relationship where one person, maybe typically a celebrity, someone who's gotten quite popular right uh they have been online posting so much that someone feels connected to them as they would with a friend whereas obviously the celebrity doesn't even know the person exists but the other person feels really connected to them yeah and i think twitch kind of fosters that either intentionally or not because it has a chatting feature where if you're watching your favorite gamer go through a video game and maybe they're stuck and then you can type in a comment that says oh I've played this part. Hey, just go left. And yeah, then the guy yeah. goes left and you feel a sense of like, oh, he saw my comment. Yeah. He knows who I am. So uh, there's, a val- there's a validation and affirmation there. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of Twitch streamers even have like kind of tiers and subs where like, hey, if you, if you give me this much money every single month, oh, you okay. get this amount of stuff. And that should be mentioned too. There's another section to Twitch, the IRL or in real life streaming section uh, that we should make note of because... There's a lot of chat that goes on in that. In fact, it's primarily a chat 
uh, segment okay. where you've got someone facing the camera and then the the audience watching them, and they could be commenting on everything from politics to podcasts to to the their favorite cookie, you know, whatever they want to talk about, and you've got people that are chatting back and forth with them. But a lot of that IRL stuff is set up almost as a, okay, this is how you can support me. This is how you can can give a donation so that I've got a little cash so I can keep doing this on and on and on and right. make a living out of it. But that's also the section where you can run into some problems, some problematic content, uh, because that's a section where you've got a lot of bikini girls. Mm. Some elements of that can get a little fleshy they're not you you're not supposed to be able to post anything pornographic or anything or like explicit. that uh but you can get some pretty risque stuff sensual elements yeah. that are there and and those kinds of elements are things that parents of younger kids would go ooh, well it would make them twitch let's put it that way <laughs> and nicely done Bob. I, I should make mention of the fact that terms of twitch essentially say you've got to be at least 13 to, to participate and to be a part of that uh, site. But the fact is there are no, as, yeah, we, no as we were talking about with Discord or whatever, there's no verification, there's no, there's no limits. So if a kid can sign on, if he's old enough or she's old enough to sign on, they're old enough to get in there and watch as much as they want. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and that's a good segue to okay. How do we as parents respond to this? I mean, what what do we do? It's like and you're I, reading my script, Jonathan. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're, you're asking well, my well, next question, so well, go well, ahead. And here's the thing, because obviously there's there's some places where we can take action. There are some great, you know, some dialogue we can have, some controls. But I think one of the first things we should do is start with empathy here, because I think a lot of parents almost approach it with kind of like this. Why are you doing this? Why would almost more of this like, why you would you want to watch? Why, well, I don't even understand why you would watch someone do something. You know, you're sitting there staring, watching someone. Why don't you do something yourself? And the funny thing is, I think we need to ourselves kind of think because we do do this. I mean, I remember I wanted to make a mantle and we had chopped down this tree. We had property and we chopped she down chopped this down big a cherry oak tree. tree. <laughs> uh, no, it was actually an oak tree. And uh, we wanted to mill a mantle. And we actually bought this thing that hooks to the chainsaw and everything, my dad and I. And we, we were like glued to YouTube watching these guys because we're about to run this chainsaw across and try to mill us. And we were like watching every – and we – pretty much we're like turn left you know no i mean i mean we were as we were watching this video cuz we were sitting there going no no what about this what about when you you know you know hit, hit a knot or whatever and the funny thing is we just got to remember sometimes we do that with cooking sometimes we do it we we ourselves have interests that we do turn sure. to youtube for and in essence that's kind of what our kids are doing here and if we have kids that are gamers this is huge for them. And it yeah. starts with understanding we're maybe sitting with them watching. And then, and if we're sitting there listening and, hey, hey, let me play with you. And we involve ourselves and emerge ourselves in one of these, maybe we will notice some problems. And it is something that can start a discussion, a dialogue, and may require some boundaries. But I think it yeah. needs to start with us stepping in their shoes and saying, hey, why do they like this? Instead of just wondering, why the heck are you watching somebody game? So, because I'm yeah. sure that's what yeah. we all sound or, like, or, or slamming your fist on the table and saying, right. "You shall not use this." Well, not, I mean, yeah. it really, it really does come. To, I, I agree with Jonathan 100. percent I think on both of these, 
Discord, and Twitch, it comes down to, like you were saying earlier, about participating with your yeah, son. Yeah. You know, parents always say, well, how do I make these decisions? I think one of those great responses, you know, for a kid comes up and, hey, can I be on Twitch or can I? And it's going to happen with newer apps. You know, hey, can I be on Lemonade right. or whatever? And, and yep, when they right. do, I think that good response is, I don't know. Let's check it out together. And I think whenever you have that response, what happens is, you know, if you sit down and your kid goes, I want to download Lemonade, you go, okay, let's try it. Hey, let's try it. And say, hey, I'm going to try it on my, and you try it right away. It says, oh, we need to be 18 to be on there. Oh, well, you're 13. I guess that settles that. You know, I mean, yeah. you immediately run into that because you yeah. checked it out together. So that's a good place to start. Yeah, I love that. And as always, as we talk about these things on Plugged In, I think that there is a balance and sometimes a tension between rules and relationship. You know, we put rules in place as parents because we understand that the world can be a really dangerous place. And especially as our kids are younger, we want to be really, really intentional and engaged in setting appropriate boundaries. But I think as our as our kids move into their teen years, it's not that we throw rules out the window, but I think rules doesn't necessarily become the primary lens through which we look at what they're doing, but we really begin to focus on that relationship. How can I enter into my child's world? How can I validate that this is important to them? How can I understand what it is that they're interested in? Because when our kids are interested in something, it tells us something about who they are. That's really important. Exactly. One of the questions I ask, even with my kids with TikTok and YouTube, what are you watching and what do you connect with? Why do you like that? And not in a gotcha kind of way, but just, I want to know what you like. And as parents, I think we need to recognize the fact that iron-fisted rules in teen years, iron-fisted rules are very closely tied to rebellion. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that that can definitely be the case. And again, if you have a teen that has gotten into pornography and you've discovered that, the boundaries that you set may need to be really different uh, than if that isn't an issue. So I think that there are times that we say it's still our responsibility to take a very proactive stance in protecting you from problematic stuff. Sure. But I do think that as they progress through their teen years, that the emphasis on rules gradually becomes a smaller percentage of our sort of philosophical stance. And we're really focusing on relationship because let's face it, it's not going to be long before they're out in the world navigating these things themselves. And we have an opportunity to build into them and to build into their character and their perspective by being willing to enter into their world instead of just saying, I don't understand your world. Your world scares me. Uh, I'm not interested in your world. So I suspect that we could keep talking about this for a very (laughs) long time, but I hope that our conversation as you have listened today gives you some things to think about with regard to these two new platforms. And as Jonathan said, the new platforms are going to keep coming, right? You know, every month, every year, there's probably something new on the horizon. Jonathan mentioned Lemon 8, which is another right. new one. And, and we may circle back to that at some point and discuss it more fully. Uh, but uh, you, you don't have to be intimidated by it. You can enter into your kids' worlds and, and really uh, help them to navigate, to learn, to grow in wisdom and discernment. And that is what we are all about here at Plugged In and The Plugged In Show. Thanks, guys. Well, in our second segment today, we are talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I'm joined by my compatriot, fellow reviewer, and longtime plugged in, well, whatever we are. Fellow. Fellow. That's <laughs> probably better than anything I was thinking. Uh, and Paul and I have both seen 
Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And as we've done a couple times recently, we have not shared one word of thought, opinion, feedback, or response. And that makes these segments, I think, pretty fun. Well, you just never know what's going to happen. You don't. And here's where I'm going to start. Paul, that was a weird movie. (laughs) Go. (laughs) It was a weird movie. Do we need to set up the plot or anything like that? A little bit, although it's going to be hard to do. We're going to do our best to avoid spoilers, but we'll probably give you at least a couple of plot points just to set our conversation yeah, so in motion here. The main thing that you need to know about this movie is that it's about Rocket Raccoon it and his past. It is about Rocket Raccoon and what do you what you said? I was just going to repeat you. Yeah, yeah. So it's about his past. He uh we learn a little bit about how he was created and it was by this guy named the High Evolutionary, Great right? High Evolutionary. High Evolutionary. Uh, High Evolutionary. You know, it's a nice humble name. Exactly. So we we learn about how he came to be and how he became to be so smart, but it also deals Obviously, with all the other Guardians, there is, uh, I don't think this is a spoiler. There's there's a character that died pretty spectacularly in the Avengers movie. Previously on Avengers. <laughs> Previously on Avengers. She returns, and not even the characters are really quite sure what happened. to do with her. And, and she returns because of... Yeah. The snap and then the resurrection, right? Not really. No? Not really, yeah, because she died before the snap. She was You're on right. top of this mountain. Right. So we're talking Good about talk. Gamora. Good talk. Uh, she was she was Peter Quill's girlfriend back right. in the day. Uh, but she comes back. She comes back as a previous version of Gamora somehow. Right. Who really doesn't know Peter Quill at all and certainly does not want to date him. No, and doesn't even like him. Yeah. So in fact, she doesn't really like anybody as far as I can no, tell. No, she really doesn't. She is all in for Gamora. But back to Rocket. Back to Rocket. So yeah, essentially we hear about his backstory. His creator wants him back right. uh, for his nefarious purposes. Oh, I love that you got nefarious in there. I try to use that word whenever I can. There is a big conflict that goes on on sort of the Guardian's home base of right. Nowhere. Uh, and, and Nowhere Rocket... is the name of the base. Exactly. The Nowhere is the name of the base. Rocket gets very seriously injured. They discover that they can't actually patch him up because he has like this kill switch inside him. If they mess with him, he will die. If they don't do anything he will die so they go on this big long quest to find how to reverse the kill switch and make rocket all better so that's essentially where their story that's the plot and that's as close as we'll get except for maybe one thing a little bit later to a spoiler warning so did this story work for you just before we even sort of do the plugged in assessment yeah what do you think so let me be completely honest. When I sat no, down, I want you to lie to us. <laughs> when, when I sat down, the the movie starts off really dark. Like it is really dark. It is very dark, very depressing. Almost, you're dealing with some heavy duty well, emotion at the very beginning. It starts with the Radiohead song "Creep," which has to be like in the top three most depressing songs of the 1990s. Yeah, yeah. It was for starters, and I thought. As I was watching, I am really going to dislike this movie. But as the movie went on, it totally worked for me. It as did for a me movie, too. it turned out to be funny and resonant and had some really fantastic messages in the in woven in within the story. So, I felt the same way and I'll I'll just riff on one of those and we're going to circle around to some content because we have some of that to deal with oh my apart goodness. from the dark vibe. Um I thought 
the emphasis on the combination of family and sacrifice was kind of remarkable and just got stronger as the movie yeah. went. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was so powerful. Um, because it really does talk a lot about you see the the Gamora character that we talked about. Right. This is a Gamora that is not familiar with the Guardians of the Galaxy nope. at all. So she is sort of this newcomer to this quasi family that the Guardians have become. Yeah. And because we're sort of seeing this family through her eyes, there is such a there is a lot of beauty, I think, in in the relationships that we see. Yeah. Um, and I'll just go off. The movie is surprisingly spiritual as well. Yes. Um, that's the other thing I wanted to talk about. That's a. There may be one or two things we'll want to say that are in the territory of a spoiler warning. Yeah. But we'll try to talk about them vaguely. But like most of the other Guardian movies, I think that what it reminded me spiritually of is the idea that the foolishness of God, mm. love, uh, is stronger than the wisdom of man. And you see these characters making foolish choices because they care about one another. Yeah. And... I really liked that. I really did, too. And what I also liked was it has this sort of family vibe where they take shots. But, you know, when the rubber hits the road, they will all give everything to save each other. And I felt that that there was a heart here that I haven't seen in most of the recent MCU movies. No, I think that that's really true. Maybe No Way Home was the last one that hit me emotionally like this. This was a powerful movie, and I think that James Gunn's decision, you know, Gunn, the director, he is... He's now moved on to the DCU. He is known for, I think, really developing broken, hurting characters. And I think Rocket Raccoon, who really is the centerpiece of this entire movie, becomes a great conduit for what Gunn wants to tell us about brokenness and how in some ways because you have this balance of this crazy raccoon who has had some really crazy things done to him to turn him into what he is right the the high evolutionary talks all the time about perfection right the raccoon does not fit in his idea of perfection and yet there is something special something unique something beautiful in Rocket that he doesn't quite understand. Well, and, and one of the the things that I thought was really interesting is that the high evolutionary is sort of a self-styled god. Mm-hmm. He sees himself self-consciously as a creator, but you do get this sort of unexpected dialectic, if I can use yeah. that word, about creator and created. And, and he even says some things to Rocket at one point that sort of open the door to this idea of where do we get our sense of dignity and purpose and meaning and identity in life? One, I probably by far my favorite spiritual moment in this movie and we'll not give too much away. uh, But it was someone tells rocket, you know, those hands may have made you, but think about the, the hands that guided those hands. So this was a movie. It wasn't Christian. And yet you could probably put it in a, a Christian filing cabinet in a way. And it talk was much about, closer than anything they've done recently. Right. When you look at Multiverse of Madness, when you especially look at Eternals, you have some really mixed messages. Or WandaVision, for that matter. In terms of what what is our purpose in life? Who is our creator? There's a lot of murky, messy spirituality. This felt, 
Um, you know, there was a lot of talk about that, but it felt a lot more closer to something that we could take and think about our own spiritual natures through yeah. this movie. I think so, too. So you use the word messy. Um, let's, <laughs> Which uh, is a great springboard. Let's... You know, we've been a little bit glowing. I think that this movie, I, it's safe to say from this conversation, which really is our first one about it, um, I think it surprised both of us. Yeah. And it was emotionally resonant and had a real heart to it. What are the problems? What do we need to focus on? So, first I would say Marvel movies are always a mixed bag, right? Right. This one is far more mixed, both in terms of its goodness and its badness. I honestly thought that this was really, really close to an R-rated movie. Yeah. Um, you have a, a completely gratuitous F-bomb that is that is lobbed. Yeah, from uh, Quill of all people. And it's a, it's such a throwaway thing. It's such like, a throwaway why? thing. And you have the these these battle elements can be incredibly grotesque. You have they're they're fighting a lot of alien creatures, right? So there's right. a lot of goo splattered. If this if the goo was blood, this would be a hard 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 R. Yep. You see people whose necks are broken, their bones are broken, and face even, ripped off. Face ripped off. You have these really horrific elements. The other thing that we really, really need to warn parents about is how difficult some of these scenes are emotionally. Yeah, especially some of those early scenes. Uh, it wipes you I mean, out. I think it's not a stretch to say some of the high evolutionary's early experiments on living creatures, they're ghastly. Yes. And disturbing. And, you know, think... Um, what's the the little boy's name in Toy Story? You know when he Andy. No, no the in the very first one, the one who takes his stuffed animals apart and puts, oh Sid, Sid. Yeah, there are some very Sid like moments yes. with some of the high evolutionary's creations, and I think this is not a movie. It's a PG thirteen movie for a reason, and I agree with you. This is on the you know intense end for a PG-13. And and again, you know, you, you have just the content that we would tally in our review, and we certainly will, but I was struck by how emotionally difficult it was. Yeah. Um, what you see Rocket go through, what you see some of the other folks go through, it is, it, it, it can be, if you have a sensitive seven or eight-year-old trying to watch this movie, man, they're going to have nightmares. Yeah. I will say I felt like it had less sexual innuendo mm -hmm. and, and suggestive stuff than actually either of the previous two movies and some of the other Marvel movies. And in fact, really, the only thing I can think of is at one point <laughs> Mantis, you know, Mantis can like plant thoughts and emotions in people. And it's a suggestive thing that allows her to control their minds and behavior. And she is trying to sneak them past some guards and she touches this male guard and tells him, you know, you're in love with Drax. And it's not really LGBT stuff as much as it's just played off as a joke. And yeah. Drax is like, I can't believe you did this yeah. again. And this, that's about almost the only thing I can think yeah, of, really. Yeah. The love that we see here. You do see some some flirtation. You definitely see Quill's pining for Gamora. Yes. But it's a romantic pining, not a Correct. particularly sexual No, that, that's absolutely true. And the love that we see here is, is very much the love of family, the love of friendship. Uh, it, again, to circle back to where we started this conversation, this movie is about caring for other people. And man, it really worked for me on that level. I think it worked for me on that level too. And I think it's safe to say there's some content that may not work for all families or families with younger or sensitive children. Um, and that's 
probably a pretty good place to at least get the landing gear down. You look like you have no, one more I, thought to share. I here. was just going to riff off of that. You know, this is a movie more than most Marvel movies that you should really consider carefully before taking your family to go to because yeah. it is a very difficult movie. If you navigate that world, if you feel like that's not going to be a problem for your family, this is a rewarding movie to watch. I would agree with that. And you, of course, can learn more by reading Paul's excellent review at PluggedIn.com. Thanks, Paul. Thank you. Well, now it's time for part of the show we call Name That Movie, in which each of us gives a maybe a, a little bit of an exaggerated or sarcastic logline of a sentence or two about a particular movie, and the rest of us have to guess what it is. And since we've been talking about technology today, I've I've asked you to come with tech-oriented movies. So do I have any volunteers, mm. or do I need to, to yeah, pick a victim? I'll, okay, Jonathan, I'll go that, ahead. I'll break that rule right away and, and not do a tech-oriented okay. movie. But, Fair enough, Jonathan. But I did. I, I, I expect you to be more, my problem child. The Rebel. I w- the Rebel. I was thinking of gaming. Okay, well, but, that's uh, fair. Close enough. That's kind fair. of avoiding the tech thing, but but gaming. So here we go. Ready? A very skilled leader turns to gaming to exact revenge on the man who killed his family. Not Tron. I'm going to just say Tron for everything today. (laughs) Might need another hint. I'm going to give you a hint, and that is that the word gaming, I'm throwing you off. Uh A very skilled leader turns to playing games to exact revenge on the man who killed his family. Mm. Oh, it's not an ego Montoya. A very skilled leader turns to an arena to exact revenge. Oh, it's it's not gladiator, is gladiator. There we go. <laughs> okay, <laughs> good guess. Holy cow! Yeah, yeah. I'm actually terrible at this game. I'm just gonna say that. But straight gaming, up. gaming, and Kennedy. gladiator gaming. just doesn't seem like yeah. it connects. Hey, he's gaming, man. He's no, out there. No, yeah, I suppose. I mean, it, it, it works. So, uh, yeah, Kennedy, it's the gladiatorial game. You have yeah, yeah. you have earned the right to go second. Okay. Oh, joy. Okay. Um, <laughs> go, Kennedy. Yeah. Go. A boy must play computer games in space in order to defeat an impending threat. Uh, Ender's Game? Ender's Game, yes, Ender's yes, game. yes, yes. That hit me, too. I got one. Yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> okay, I'll go, I'll, go, I'll go next and see if you can get this okay. one. This one This one isn't that tough, but it is tech sort of focused. A, a hard-boiled detective. I robot. No. A <laughs> uh, 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 hard-boiled detective, but I think I got it. Okay. What is it? Blade Runner? Yes. <laughs> I didn't yes. say it. I didn't even get to okay, it. Okay, but go ahead and say the rest. Okay, a hard-boiled uh, detective is uh, is given the job of seeking out some high-tech and uber-strong baddies and finds out they're part of his family tree. Oh, yeah. Blade Runner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Blade Runner. That movie with 14 different versions. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. All right, I have one. Are you guys ready? Yep. Yep. A hacker wakes up inside a computer only to find he's better looking has better guns and a really great trench coat hmm. trench coat that's weird yeah it sounds familiar and he has a friend who has a trench coat who has but it's not the matrix he has pills yeah it is uh, it, it is, is the matrix, matrix. It is. Yeah, how's he yeah, better yeah, yeah. how's he better looking <laughs> he's the same same guy <laughs> The better looking is what threw me off. Okay. Well, like, at least okay. His, his head isn't shaved. Better skills. Exactly. You got to yeah. throw out okay. better looking. I, I object. 
<laughs> well, no, in that scene with Morpheus, he says, you know, the plugs in your arms are gone. And, and Morpheus says it's your residual self-image. And I think that's such an interesting concept that all of us have a self-image that is probably built on a particular season in our lives. Hmm. Like we see ourselves a certain way. And sometimes we're confronted with the fact that we actually don't look that way anymore. Like perhaps when you get up and look at yourself in the morning in the mirror, it's like, whoa. You're being so philosophical. What happened here? Anyway, uh, maybe we can revisit residual (laughs) self-depressing note. That's right. Yes, we'll we'll end on that (laughs) depressing note. All right. Thank you, guys. I'm going to declare myself the winner because I think I got. Fair enough. I think I got two of them. (laughs) Fair enough. I mean, you started guessing before I even finished. I know. I I was really I was really on yep, today, yep. and that that's exciting. I hope that, that you and the listening audience enjoyed it as well. Well, speaking of that, thank you for taking some time to listen to us today, and I hope that you have enjoyed our conversations about Discord and Twitch and, of course, what's going on with the gang from Guardians of the Galaxy. Let us know. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram or you can leave us a voicemail. Just go to thepluggedinshow.com and look for the voicemail tab on the side. We'd also love for you to leave us a review wherever you get your podcast to let others know what The Plugged In Show is all about. And let me just remind you, Plugged In is a part of the ministry of Focus on the Family. We are here to help you to navigate this crazy world of entertainment, pop culture, and technology for your kids and maybe for you. You know, we have definitely a parenting focus here, but let's face it, a lot of the stuff that we're talking about may apply to you as a parent. We're all part of a family. We are all part of a family. And we can't do that without your financial support. So when you donate to Focus on the Family today, a gift of any amount, we will send you a copy of Jonathan McKee's great book, Parenting Generation Screen, as our way of saying thank you. The insight and practical advice in that book will equip you as a parent to know exactly what your kids are dealing with in their digital worlds And it may help spark some conversations with them about making wise media choices. So get your copy today and you'll find information about that in the episode notes for our show today. Well, thanks again for spending some time with us at the Plugged In Show this week. We know that you have a lot of ways that you could be spending your time. And we are honored and thankful that you have spent some of that with us today. And we look forward to joining you again next week for another episode of the Plugged In Show. Hey parents, Parent here. If you're searching for biblical and practical tips for your kid's specific age, you know, with all that extra time you have, well, you can stop. Focus on the Family has weekly agent stage emails that bring the tips to you. Each week, I get an email for my son that I can read on my phone and put directly into practice. No more sifting through junk on the internet. I can focus my time on being intentional. It's easy. Visit mykidsage.com, add your kid's age, and get to parenting better. That's mykidsage.com.